Welcome to the Soul Connection Duo podcast. We are your hosts, Alexa and Sydney, and we are so excited to have you here with us today. Get ready to connect to your soul and start healing within. Today, our guest is Kendra Starr. Kendra is committed to providing her patients with the highest standard of care based on an attitude of gentleness, warmth, professionalism, and respect. She believes in balancing energies in the body to achieve health health and wellness. This includes the different systems in the internal body, as well as the exterior environmental conditions and how they affect each of us. Using acupuncture, herbal medicine, massage, and diet therapy, as well as lifestyle counseling, you can overcome chronic nagging health problems that cannot be effectively addressed using other means. We are so excited to have you here with us today, Kendra. I know Sydney and I have both come to you with our many um, needs for our own health, and we can't wait to talk to you today. Thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me on, you guys. This is exciting. (laughs) We're so excited to learn just a little bit more about yourself, like we've both um, seen you as Lex said for our own I guess issues you could say um, <laughs> but would you I know that you have a history also of being a stunt woman professional snowboarder um, and then you've pursued this career in Chinese medicine do you mind just telling us a little bit more about yourself and um, what inspired you to pursue this career yeah I like to say that it happened by accident in a way <laughs> Because I was 17 and planning to be a fashion designer. Um, And we were traveling in Thailand when our bus got hit by a dump truck. And it was a fatal accident. But um, I was, you know, I I was left with a lot of spinal compression fractures. So anyway, my plans to go to work and then university were a little way late on that one. And um, my dad sent me for acupuncture treatment a lot. And I loved it. And it wasn't only just that it made my back feel better. I was like elated when I left and had like rosy cheeks and felt all these aha moments. And it was just such a pivotal time in my life um, of trying to figure out where, what I wanted to do and everything that it it was really, um, really affected me. And then I was living in Victoria, um, like actually even before I graduated high school and My mom was looking for a new career. So she owned a restaurant and decided to, uh, she wanted to study medicine, uh, naturopathic medicine, actually. And I suggested that she study Chinese medicine and that I would check out the schools in Victoria for her. So I went and did some research for her. My teacher spent hours showing me herbs and I was hooked. So I just applied and I was the youngest student they ever had. (laughs) But um, that's how I started. Yeah. Cool. So did you and your mom go to school around the same time then for? Yeah, we went to school together and went to China together. That's awesome. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. We were study buddies. It was fun. Yeah. And, And then how long after your accident in Thailand, like how many treatments or how many years do you, did, would you say that it took to kind of heal and feel better from that injury? Well, I definitely had youth as a part of my, the reason I healed so well mm-hmm. with acupuncture. And then of course, school, I was the guinea pig for everyone. So, um, and because school was in Victoria and I just gotten super into snowboarding, 
-hmm. and there's not much snow except for Mount Washington. So I would, um, after my first, my first year of school, I decided to go to Chile for the summer season (laughs) to go snowboarding. And uh, that, that was kind of how things started there. So it only took a year, like I was snowboarding again in a year and a half or so for my back injuries. Crazy. Yeah. And was, were you like a pre- professional snowboarder before this or after? After. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, you really recovered quickly in, yeah. in relative terms. I feel like from a back injury, usually those are very, or they can be really long haul um, injuries totally. to treat. Yeah. Yeah, they can be, but I wasn't having it. <laughs> No, not at, you said that happened at 17. So yeah. Yeah. So you were very young going into schooling for after yeah, the fact too. Yeah. Super cool. And at that time, acupuncture wasn't a regulated profession in BC. So um, I could just like, I basically wrote a big letter of in, my intentions to get into school. I didn't need to have prerequisites. Right. And yeah. then you did part of your training I guess or near the end of your schooling in China correct mm-hmm. yeah um could you tell us a little bit about that because that is pretty cool also like yeah um you know every culture has different um I mean just medicine in general is so different everywhere but I'm just interested to hear a little bit about like what that experience was like yeah, well, I mean, Chinese, traditional Chinese medicine is thousands of years old. So it's gone through many different phases of what it looks like. Um, and right now, when I was in, went to China, um, that would have been in 1997. Yeah, it was really interesting because as a young person, I was blown away by what communism looked like, for one. Um, but we got to study in a huge hospital. So in that hospital, if you break your arm, for instance, you would go get surgery, have your arm set, be given herbs and acupuncture, all within the same day, probably, or within a few days. Um, There's big acupuncture wards, so, you know, maybe 20 tables in one room where you go around and have acupuncture and everybody's in there together. Right. Um, But at the same time, you know, it's cold and the little kids be in the hallways and... (laughs) There's not a lot of bathrooms for the people and yeah yeah Yeah. I know even from my experience in Thailand like obviously you know how messed up that whole thing was but like just even being in the hospital was so different from what I was used to um and yeah same thing with bathrooms like impossible to find a decent bathroom like it's so different and so I think I was also just curious about like in China what they do like if if acupuncture is like a common treatment that people have over there versus here right because here yeah viewed more as like an alternative um I guess oh oh yeah no it's compared to keep in mind that I was there 25 years ago yeah so I don't know exactly now what it's like because I as far as I've heard is China's becoming more and more westernized but that was the main Chinese medicine was the main practice back then like before and the western medicine was just kind of coming into it as as when I was there um so yeah people had so much acupuncture and they have way thicker needles right (laughs) so 
some people had so much acupuncture that you don't even have to look for the point because they have pigmentation on their skin because they've had it so much. Yeah. Yeah. So there you have acupuncture every single day. Yeah. Crazy. That's super interesting. Did you find that like with using those other modalities versus just like just treating the arm for the broken bone? Like, did you ever find that people actually were healing in more like more quickly or more effectively? versus people that you maybe saw in North America? Oh, yeah. And they, there was no convincing or having to explain things to the people in China because they already know a whole bunch of that. Like it's just seeped in their culture to know about Chinese medicine and the balancing of your elements and and your chi and, and your blood and all of these factors. They're kind of already expecting a certain level of of care for those things. Whereas people here, are, it's, it's more of teaching what this means to our, our Western mind. Um, so yeah, it's quite different. For sure. Yeah. And do you yeah. think that people here now with everything that's gone on with COVID and just people, I guess, are becoming a little bit more spiritual and open to alternative medicine, do you find that some of the clients you see are kind of shifting their mentality and healing and um, just medicine in general. Like I know for me, after what I went through, like I tried so many things and eventually started to look more alternatively and gone to you as well. Do you find or notice that shift, I guess, going on right now? Uh, yeah, a lot. So when I started my career, I had to do, I did massage to pay the bills basically. And I'd see a few acupuncture patients a week. And now it's, super busy. People know what acupuncture is. It's not a mystery anymore, but there's still a lot of um, just teaching each person how their body works. And I do find that uh, it's often like you just explained, like it might not be someone's first choice of what they're going to do for their healing process, but if they can't find, we often get people who can't find help in other realms and then they'll end up at Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. Although that being said, there's a lot of people who just go there right away now because their parents do it or for whatever other reason that brings them to it. Right. And I know that, I mean, you obviously know that I'm terrified of needles, even being a nurse. (laughs) And I was like super hesitant to go to acupuncture because of that reason. And I know the type that you practice or the needles you use, I'm not exactly sure, but it is a lot gentler do you mind explaining a little bit of like your practice and how it's a little bit gentler from like other people's practices or like what they do in China or whatever? Yeah, for sure. So that's part of, um, I study, I practice a lot of Japanese acupuncture now, although what I originally studied was Chinese acupuncture. So in China, what's coming out of China right now is it's important to have what we call de qi, which means that it's a strong sensation on the needle to have function, to have change. Um, but the Japanese style of acupuncture comes out of China from a much earlier time in history before Mao was there. And so it's not necessarily that we need to have that strong feeling of energy to show change. And as you know, when you're in on the table, it's like, um, if I can see a change in your pulse or your complexion or your hara, it means that we're still making change whether you feel something that's painful and strong or not. So I'd prefer to make it 
gentle and then you can relax. Really healing can't happen if you're stressed and tense. For sure. Mm -hmm. That's so true. And I just want to bring it back a little bit. You touched on chi when um, you were talking about the hospitals in China. I have a feeling some of our listeners might not know the ins and outs of that. Can you just touch on um, how you kind of measure that and the way that that works? Sure. Um, the Chinese classics are, are, they're deeply involved and also very simple. So qi is energy, very basically. Um, it is what keeps every living thing alive. Qi is in everything. It's, it's just like physics, for instance, knows that there's energy in a wire or it takes energy to move something. Well, it's kind of the same thing, except for that we can feel and manipulate it within our bodies. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's also part of something called the three treasures where we have um, chi comes from the energy that you, from the air you breathe, and it comes from the food you eat and your digestive system's ability to draw energy and vitality from that food. And then there's something called jing that comes from your conception when you're born and that's stored in the kidneys. And that's another source of energy. So we have this three trifecta and energy uh, formation for the human body. One other thing, chi is also what we're attempting to manipulate or move with acupuncture needles. They're like little conductors on your energy, on your chi lines. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah like yeah. I know you always, um, you, you'll check the pulses on the wrists um, and that has something to do with how the chi moves through the body or yes. Yes, for sure. So I'm not just seeing like how fast your heart rate is like you would at the hospital. Um, your right hand shows me how your lungs and large intestine are doing, your spleen and stomach and your kidney yang and overall your what's called your energy chi pulse. And then the left hand is your heart and small intestine and your liver gallbladder and your kidney yin and your overall yin or, and blood. So it's, it's given me a lot of information. Yeah, a ton of interworkings. Like I learn every time I come to you, I feel like just how things are connected. I know the first time I ever came to you, um, my, I think it was my liver was inflamed and um, mm -hmm. I, I learned that that can be associated with birth control for females. Um, I know that that's something I was completely unaware of before coming to you. And it was shortly before I actually chose to go off the pill. Um, and so I, that's just really interesting stuff, like mm -hmm. how you can basically touch spots on the stomach and kind of delineate from there what's going on in, in the whole body. Yeah, it's a system of reading signs of the body, really. Because yeah. it's developed from 3,000 years ago. We didn't have x-ray or ultrasound or CT scans or anything like that to know what was happening. I mean, they did a little bit of... Uh, they did a little bit of um, autopsies and stuff. But I think a lot of it was people who could see energy too. Yeah, sure. Probably true. And in addition to the needles, like I think most people kind of know what acupuncture is, but I do know you do a few other things as well. So like magnet therapy, moxibustion in conjunction with the acupuncture needles. Do you mind explaining a little bit about that I know you've done it also to me and I've never really asked like 
<laughs> why? Yeah, sure. I love it, but I'm like, I don't, I don't actually know why. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there's a fine balance of like explaining and then just allowing you to rest and relax too. But yeah, yeah I can act, we can actually stimulate the points in many ways. So for kids, for instance, who are really terrified, we don't need to use a needle. Um, I could use cranial sacral therapy. I can use moxa, which is a herb we burn that's warming and nourishing. I could use magnets, which stimulate the point in a much gentler fashion than the acupuncture needles, but they still create, because we are electric and magnetic, it, it creates the stimulation on the point, mm -hmm. the magnets. Um, and I have a new toy called Acutonic. So I'm using sound healing on the points now, which is really fun and vibration. Um, yeah. And Qigong is a practice that you can do for yourself as an internal healing exercise. But as a doctor of Chinese medicine and as a practitioner, we can learn medical Qigong. So that means I can manipulate the energy of your body with my hands, mm -hmm. um, but take practice. But um, yeah. So I think that's all the things I do, <laughs> except for herbs. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And then your tinctures as well. Um, yeah. Those are all derived from Chinese herbs also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Chinese herbal medicine is really complex um, because it comes from such a long heritage. It's not like, oh, this one herb is good for this or that. It's a family of herbs that treats a complex syndrome. And so... Um, I've dabbled in Western herbology as well, and I don't mind it, but the problem is, is that one herb can never take care of everything. Mm -hmm. So I really love the system of the Chinese herbal medicine, um, because you treat, so you treat maybe, uh, wind, heat, cold. So that's a, a sinus cold that's turned into yellow phlegm and it's, um, giving you a sinus infection, right? But. Mm -hmm. If you just dry that snot out, it's going to make it hotter in that person's head and then they're going to have a headache. So you need to use a herb to clear the sinus and another one to clear heat, another one to draw the symptoms away from the head, another one to be antiviral, another one to support their lung energy so they recover fast, better. Like, so I like the, the, the system of it. Right. like a family of herbs yeah. yeah and are there certain recipes that you learned when you were over there do you kind of just come up with them yourself from just oh no there's there's tomes and tomes of Chinese materia medica books with uh particular formulas so they have great names like okay hmm Wan or Bai <laughs> yeah. or you know all kinds of yeah did you learn and, to speak Chinese when you were over there going to school? Not really. I had a translator um, okay. when I was there, but I learned a some. I picked up some, and now it's only just medicine talk. Right. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Yeah. And did yeah. you and your mom work together then in the same clinic? Like, I don't really know much about Yeah. Her. We got to a little bit. Um, when we finished school, mom came back to Nelson and opened her clinic right away. And I, well, I was pretty into snowboarding. And so I lived in Whistler and I would snowboard all day and work in a spa all night or like for the whole evening and right. do massage and acupuncture and keep my practice going that way. And then I had a couple of practices in Squamish over the years. And then when we moved back, we moved back, first of all, to Rossland and I 
practice there. And then when I finally came back to Nelson, and mom and I worked together for a few years before uh, she got sick and then passed away. Right. Yeah, that's pretty amazing that you got to just even go through school with her and do this work yeah. with her. Very special. Yeah, she was awesome. Yeah. And um, obviously we know you're like, a spiritual person have you always kind of been that way or was it after your mom's passing or like through schooling you kind of learned more about energy and all that I know for me I wasn't spiritual at all until after my loss so I'm just curious what your experience has been like yeah I don't know you know the word spiritual depends on I don't know people have connotations for every word mm -hmm. I mean, when I was 14, I went hiking in Yosemite for 12 days or something. And I would lie on the rocks and feel my, the earth spin and my body kind of levitate. And so I had kind of something was going on, mm -hmm. but I didn't know what it was or if that was meditation or what was happening then. But I was thinking about it for sure. And then the bus accident was a big one because even though I was hurt, I was so elated to be alive and everything just seemed so vibrant and incredible. And just like, just the beauty of the planet, even in one little thing was just so ecstatic at that time. And so every other time in my life where there's been near death experience or something very much like that, you also see the other side of like, how lucky are we to be here in this moment? And um, so I guess, spiritual yeah I mean I, I yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I talk to my mom's spirit all the time I'm very aware of that side of things too yeah for sure yeah yeah when we have someone <laughs> close to us mm -hmm. just oh. I think makes it that much more available to us to mm -hmm. really start connecting with the other side even if we kind of had a little bit of it before and then it's it's kind of more in your face after that for yeah. sure yeah well and it's important right because it would be really sad to not have any communication anymore or just they're gone all of a sudden that would be hard yeah, yeah. what are some of the things she does to reach out to you <laughs> uh, well I just can really just talk to her if I bring it up but um so, okay, a couple of interesting things have happened. Actually, Sydney, your dad came in one day. Yeah. And and he's like, I think I met, I, I feel like I'm going to see your mom or something. And she was in the treatment room that day. Sometimes she comes in and helps out Aww. with people or, you know, I've left someone for a few minutes with needles and then I come back and they're like, I think I met your mom because I'm in her treatment room, right? Cool. So she's definitely present in there quite a bit. And especially early on after she passed, I'd be like, oh, okay, there's two people working on this person right now, which no. was really cool. No. <laughs> I hope that it was okay for them, but most people didn't either didn't notice and or and or loved it. So yeah, that was okay. Um, yeah, it's sort of constant. So it's hard to say one thing or another, actually. Yeah. And they can send us signs in so many ways too. Like, I know even today yeah. I've had probably like three things pop up for me and I'm like, okay, what's going on today? Like, but yeah, they're constantly. Exactly. Signs or or just, just a little sign. Like, I don't know when I see eagles, I always think of my mom. So it's sort of like, oh, okay. There's an eagle. There's something 
either she approves of or there's something going on that she's aware of right now there's that and yeah yeah I have a question I think um it's it would be really good if we can touch on kind of the more frequent treatments that people come in for like ailments and um, the specific some specific things that acupuncture and Chinese medicine can be good for I know that obviously they can really work on the whole body and all different types of ailments, but what are some of the more frequent ones that you, you work with on a daily basis? Yeah. Well, I mean, the mo the easiest one to say is sports medicine, <laughs> right? Sore muscles or spine out of alignment or those kinds of things, but really um, recently it's been nervous system stuff and anxiety and depression. Yeah, it's I been think the biggest one. COVID really it did seems a like, Yeah, it really did. It seems to me, because um, I was thinking about that a little bit, it's, I, I just kind of flow with whatever the universe brings me. And I've been that way my whole life. And it's the way, same way in clinic. So I've gone through periods of my practice where I have all these gyne women with gynecological problems. And it's what I'm studying and looking into and curious about. And and, and then that's really up from my practice at certain times. And then other times it's um, about kids or, you know, sports medicine or, and, and right now it's definitely this whole um, gut brain relationship, um, high stress, the hardening of the nervous system that's happening for people because they're using their craniums too much. Um, yeah, that's really, really up for me right now. So um, I, whether I'm attracting that kind of patient to my practice or it's just what's happening for everyone because everyone's been through this crazy COVID times, I'm not sure, but that's what's happening mostly right now. Yeah. And you feel like you've gotten busier since COVID, obviously with. So, you know, yeah. 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 And, you know, some one person might come in for a headache and the other one comes in for a a sore back or a gut problem that they can't deal with and it's just nothing's working and and it's just inevitably inevitably right now it's coming back down to their nervous system every time yeah I know yeah. you've helped me a lot like with my nervous system like especially after everything happened I mean it was a couple years by the time I came to see you but yeah I mean you've helped me tremendously and like just mm -hmm. how calm I feel leaving there also like I come in with you know this pain in my chest and my heart related to grief and um even I think it was I think it was you who you were trying to do cranio on me the last time I was there and you said I you couldn't get into my head or something like that like it wasn't allowing mm -hmm. you to open up um yeah how how do you feel that when things aren't do you know what, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. It's, it's a little bit, okay. It's, uh, there's a felt sense with energy, right? So mm -hmm. with working with it over time, you can learn how, how it feels. And sometimes people have like a very open, easygoing mannerism and you know, oh, and they're just relaxed and you can just start working right away. But other people, especially if you've experienced trauma or, you're on in fight or flight or uh, you're afraid, then there's a, an energetic barrier of protection and it's not kind or um, 
it's not a good way to just bust right in there, you know, um, because people have those barriers up for a reason. So it's sort of working around it until, until that person's ready. Right. Uh, cranial, that's the thing with cranial, nothing will happen if you're not ready for it. For sure. Yeah. Which is, I love that about it. It's not like any kind of a forced situation, but one of the beauty things about acupuncture, I think is, is it's not so much you come in for this, you can get fixed for that. It's more that you become attuned to your original who you are and you become attuned to your energy in a state of balance. Mm-hmm. So you can feel how you're meant to be, like how things feel when you're aligned and in harmony rather than half the time we go around stressed out or angry or frustrated or sad or whatever things are like mopping us around in the world and we're going sideways all the time. So just getting used to that feeling and connecting with yourself, that's the magic of it really. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like having your energy and flow and then therefore your body is able to do what it's meant to do and you feel better. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I mean, that's your body's, uh, it wants to be healthy. It wants to work well. It just needs help sometimes to kind of stay on that path of a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Like I know I've said this in other podcasts too, but I was kind of the same as Sid, like trying um, certain Western medicines for um, some of my pain. And I've had chronic pain for probably eight years at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. And when I was going to Western medicine, I would say, okay, I have this problem. And they'd say, here's pills or here's an injection that you can put in your body and it'll mask the pain such as like Botox is something that they use a lot of times Mm -hmm. when you have like jaw pain um, or facial pain um, and it just freezes them therefore you don't feel anything Um, but I've found since I've been doing other modalities like Reiki and acupuncture and massage, um, things like that have really helped my body in the long run to feel better overall. Um, and I would say like in the last six months or so, um, I've been feeling a lot better. I don't get like the chronic headaches like I was getting before. And, um, I think there's really something to be said for balancing your energy and working on mindset and, going and seeing practitioners like yourself that really do work with your body and know how to work with it in order for you to be back in balance. Yeah. And yeah. we had a EFT um, tapping practitioner we interviewed a couple of weeks ago, I guess. Um, and I'm assuming that's pretty similar. Like you're working on those um, acupressure points do you ever do anything like that like I'm assuming you don't just sit at home and like put needles in random places but do you do anything else like tapping or <laughs> things when you're feeling like stressed or anything oh um I don't use the EFT although that's funny because it's the one the episode I was listening to oh <laughs> to kind of catch up but um I don't do EFT I do a lot of different things I do qigong and meditation um I'm doing this sound healing stuff on myself now. I do Taoist exercises, which I'm super excited about. I have this book that I keep finding over the t- over time, and it it's got such little gems of just self healing exercises that you can do to mm-hmm. relax things or support different 
organs and things like that. So that's more what I, what I usually do. Yeah. I'm assuming you're yeah. probably pretty balanced anyways, yourself just being in this field and you know what works for you and what doesn't. I just know I've been to some like craniosacral therapists and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm cr-, like, they're doing cranio to someone all day long. And then yeah. they like want to have someone do it to them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the first session. Um, so yeah. Wondering. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's always, everyone needs some, you know, do some mm-hmm. self-care. I luckily I have two other practitioners in my clinic and we trade with each other at least once a month. Right. Um, and then I have a little handful of people that I like to see if anything goes wrong. I mean, definitely I'm not perfect. Things happen. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, life's super busy too. So sometimes it's hard to find those things. So the self-healing things or Qigong, the stuff you can do for yourself is also great. But yeah, if I put my back out or, you know, I've had a lot of, a lot of injuries with the snowboarding and stunt work. So I, I, I suffer from those things. <laughs> they're, uh-huh. they're not, uh, you know, having a good time in your twenties shows up later. For sure. <laughs> I bet. What kind of stunt work did you do, Kendra? Uh, well, it started with like uh, snowboard stunts for Cody Banks and movies like that. And then I just did, I got into it a little bit. So falling on the streets, I got uh, shot once, I guess stuff like that. It was really fun. Yeah. That is fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why did you stop doing it? Jumping out of helicopters, <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, that's crazy. You're yeah. way braver than I am. I don't think I'd be doing or any dumb. of those. I might have been dumb. <laughs> and is acupuncture something that always helped you with those injuries? I mean, depending on what they were, but is that something you kind of always fell back on to? Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. And I'd treat all my friends who was beyond, you know, different trips with me and stuff. Mm-hmm. One of my friends, she she'd call me the hippie all the time because I'd always have my needles and oils and different things but now she's right into it too (laughs) right (laughs) yeah that's awesome yeah so now like I have quite a plethora of things in my tool bag now um so I can't do it at all in a treatment right it's impossible that's why I don't explain everything Sydney because um it's just sort of what comes to me what's needed for that person in the moment for sure. That's what's so fun because I'm always learning. There's always more to learn. I never know it all. And it's just like the more things I can find, the better. Like the sound healing thing is really fun. Yeah. 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 And I know you don't yeah. have time to explain them. I think I like when you're doing it, I think about asking and I'm like, no, I'm just going to relax. And then after I leave, I'm so tired that I forget to ask. And I'm like, <laughs> I wonder what, what that was for, like why she did that or whatever. But yeah, no, yeah. You're there you to have to ask laugh. all the questions in the beginning yeah. because part of the thing is to turn your brain off so you can just feel your body. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Uh, that's why we forget everything by the end. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Do you find um, sometimes like because you are working so much with the energy body too that sometimes when you're giving treatments do people get quite emotional with whatever is releasing? Yeah. Oh yeah, that happens wait a bit yeah I've definitely had that experience I know I think it was one of the first sessions I came to Kendra for and it was crazy I've also had it just doing craniosacral too like a month ago it's only happened like two or three times but 
I remember just feeling this like buildup of like pure emotions. And I had this like kind of, I think I explained it to you as like little flashbacks of like the traumatic event that happened. And then I like bawled my eyes out. And then I just felt like not empty, but just like all of that heaviness had left my body and just so relaxed. And so like that was my one experience to kind of answer that question also, but. (laughs) Yeah. And hopefully usually um, an emotional release during a session is a cathartic or it moves you forward. Sometimes people get stuck in a wheel of crying all the time and Mm -hmm. it's not the same as that. um, Yeah, it was very short. It It was like. It's short. And yeah, that was. For you, yeah, a great release. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's usually good to get that out. And it just happens. So I think it needs to happen. Yeah. And I know like even you and some other people I've seen too, they're like, it's okay to cry. Like just let it out. And honestly, like having a good cry every once in a while is just even at home. You don't even have to be at acupuncture or whatever. Right. But just, it's such a good release like I feel great after I've had a great cry yeah yeah so good you know um the the Taoists thought thought about us having two brains so there's this cerebral brain that's supposed to remember things and do math and study uh but everything else comes from your gut brain and that's the one that affects your organs and your health and your vitality and for some reason everyone is trained to not, not like to shut your emotions down and keep them quiet. And so they're all kind of bottled up down there in your solar plexus. And, and then, you know, you, you lose health because of that and you become stressed out. And so being able to just express true emotion is, is a really valuable thing. It helps to relax that whole limbic system. For sure. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that, the gut brain. I yeah. think we all need to start using that more. Yeah, like me too. <laughs> listening <laughs> to it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And do certain foods like in relation to that then like um like affect? I'm I obviously I know they affect it, but are there certain like nutritional things you suggest for people who are either stressed or having issues to like cut out um to like help with some of some of that? Yeah. In some ways, like definitely heavy foods, greasy foods, wheat and milk, depending on how you how you respond to it can be harder. Yeah, um, I know people who like drink smoothies first thing in the morning too. They say that's not like always the best thing either. Like it's good to eat like really warm foods and soups and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Freezing cold things, your digestive system doesn't like it. It's really hard on it. So mm-hmm. if it's already weak and low Mm -hmm. even if you put like all the organic nutraceuticals and everything in your smoothie if your digestive system isn't processing it well you're not even going to get the nutrients it's just going to turn into sludge in your gut and right and then that affects too cold (laughs) yeah 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 it takes a whole bunch of energy for your body to warm that frozen stuff up so to the point that it won't even get to the point of being able to absorb anything Mm -hmm. yeah that's why the soups and warm things is you're already kind of helping the weak digestive system along by doing part of the job for it right 
I've never heard that before that smoothies can kind of slow everything down but it does make sense like to have something cold in your body you're having to work that much harder to yeah get it through I know and it's not that appetizing to have a a warm smoothie for most people no (laughs) but you know um it's best not to do it for sure not first thing and then if you can at least leave it to be room temperature and then even better is to just have like a one shot of smoothie a shot and have a drink of tea something to kind of keep warming your system up yeah if you have to have smoothies yeah <laughs> I prefer soup yeah fair <laughs> enough I just know that too because I think my mom well she used to drink a lot of smoothies and then I know when she came to see you also she said that you recommended like not having those cold things right away um yeah I remember what yeah. she came for but I mean it all it's all connected so yeah yeah it is and maybe we'll just get back onto the acupuncture um topic so do you mind explaining a little bit about what a typical session looks like with you and then we'll we can talk a little bit more about like your practice oh yeah okay so if it's someone's first visit um uh, yeah I usually just explain to help them feel comfortable and then I check pulses I check the tongue and I check the hara also the hara is all in your abdomen mostly in your chest and your neck and um it's a process of saying okay I push the same amount all the time and I just ask people how it feels for them and it might be sore or it might just make you feel nauseous or it might be fine or it might take your breath away and those are all signs to me that there's something a little off in that system Mm-hmm. And then depending on the person's comfort level, I'll basically just keep giving them needles until their pulse feels really good and they don't have very many, if any, of those um, active reflexes in the hara left. And then I know they're kind of in a balanced state. Uh, and then, well, you guys haven't been there for the acutonics yet, but then now I'm using the sound healing a little bit and then cranial sacral. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And, and what is the tongue? Okay. Why do you check the tongue again? I can't remember why. The tongue shows all kinds of things. So it's kind of a map of the body on the tongue. Um, and so we can tell like the heart and lungs are on the tip and the livers on the edges. And then also the spleen shows up on the edges as teeth marks sometimes or a swollen tongue. The yeah. color of the tongue shows the quality of your blood. Uh, the coating on your tongue shows how your digestive system is doing. So all of those things kind of add to the puzzle. It's like a, creating a picture right. of what's happening for someone. And so there's this symptom, this symptom, and this symptom. Maybe they're from the same cause or maybe they're different. You have to kind of figure it out with all those little clues. Right. It's so interesting. Yeah. I'm just surprised, especially coming from the nursing background, like why we don't use a lot of these practices in like our normal, like medical practice. Like, I don't know, it just makes sense to me rather than like all of these expensive tests. And you know what I mean? Like it just, it just seems a lot simpler almost, but I guess they're not taught that in medical school. (laughs) I wish we were taught it in elementary school. Yeah. Just the basics. I would love to teach that in elementary school, like just so kids know a little bit about their own. Like, this is our, the machine you have for your whole life. This body is all we get. <laughs> and it's like, we don't, no one knows how it works at all. You know how no. your car works better a lot of the time, right? 
It's yeah, there crazy. was a yeah, there's a proverb when I first started Chinese medicine school when I was like 18, and I I loved it because it was so simple. It's like if you have a path to illness, you can always follow the path back to wellness. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, of course, great, you can. <laughs> but actually, after years of practice, it's no longer following the path back to where you were. It's now finding a new place that's even better because you've learned along the way. And there's a bit of an alchemical change that happens in the process of healing. Because sure. we get injuries and sick to learn something mm-hmm. about ourselves. Yeah, we do. And I think through the process of like having an injury or being sick, you, like you said, exactly. You learn, you learn and you learn about yourself and you learn a lot of of how to like trust your body too. I think Um, if you're diving into the more um, like the modalities such as acupuncture or things like things that are similar, um, craniosacral, those types where mm-hmm. you're really sitting with your body, you're sitting with what's going on there and learning and learning to trust because we are not taught to trust our bodies or to like, especially as women, I think um, it's even more prevalent, especially in our society. Um, we're just taught from a very young age that the things that happen with our bodies somehow aren't natural and somehow we need to, um, you know, be hiding certain yeah, parts. Isn't that sad? And how weird is that? How could you not be natural? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's really wild. <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah. And not to like bash our current like education system, but I feel like there's a lot of things <laughs> that like they could be doing differently that would actually be beneficial you know what I mean like teaching people about taxes and you know how life really works not like all this washy crap that really isn't helpful I don't think at all like even yeah like if I had learned this in school like you know I maybe would have taken a different path and you know it is what it is like we've all had these experiences for a reason I think I went nursing for a reason at the time but now I'm like definitely more interested into like this alternative medicine and energy work and all these things too um and you were talking about teaching is that something that you would in the future eventually consider doing I don't know I know it's regulated now so I know you'd probably have to go through like the regulatory body but would you oh yeah no I I have uh, lots of experience so I could teach and Mm I I am starting a little bit it's funny I never really wanted to teach Chinese medicine doctors I just wanted to teach people regular people about their bodies right you know uh but now it's coming into light that maybe like I just did a course for some uh, local practitioners a few weeks ago and that worked out well so yeah I think teaching is in my future right yeah I'm not sure exactly in what way but it's starting to come up a little bit I think it would be really cool to learn yeah everything that you do and I think you'd make a great teacher also (laughs) thank you yeah, and as a somebody who doesn't have a nursing background or anything, if you are doing just for everyday people, little things that they can do for themselves, teaching that that sounds like a very good thing for the world right now. I think yeah, we all need these little pointers of things we can do for ourselves, and like you say, all of these things kind of piling up and people having um, either 
depression, anxiety, things like that, stuff you can do at home that's simple and easy is what we all need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keeping people out of the hospital seems to be the best preventative medicine we can do, right? Yeah. I think that's like yeah. the big thing too, is like we almost need to like shift our focus and thinking in healthcare or just I think we just need to kind of shift it more to like wellness and like staying healthy. Whereas like even in nursing, I notice like everything you learn and like experiences focused on disease and yeah. like illness. And I think like, that's the biggest thing too, is like, if we, you know, even just change our mentality and just the way we look at things and like keeping people like, yeah, I don't know, preventative measures, I guess, to just keep people healthy and well rather than always focusing on disease like I know we obviously had to learn about all different diseases in school but I feel like that's all like that's all it really is right yeah yeah I think you're right like that perception is so much of what everything is in this world whatever we perceive is is what shows up and if we're just looking for illness that's what's going to show up yeah yeah time and time again that something bad is going to happen to you because like it's happened to someone in your family or you're like you know what I mean like kind of manifesting that like it probably will happen right so like thinking like you know I'm going to be healthy I'm going to get through this and that was like one of the biggest things for me too is just yeah well you have an innate sense of health everyone does Mm -hmm. everyone absolutely does it's just a matter of like shining the light on it and understanding that it's there and learning in little ways everyone's different so everyone has a different key or a different pathway to get to their best healthy selves too and everyone even if you're like the best student and you do everything right you're gonna have issues everyone does part of life but as long as I think we can keep on a fairly steady path of of wellness so say something happens you kind of fall off and you're hurt or you're sick for a while but as long as you can kind of keep coming back to center and back to that wellness path and then, then you're going to have a good life and live well. Right. Definitely. And like, we've talked to also a couple other guests that we've had on that have said like, or they've had near death experiences and then that has sent them on whatever path they've gone on. And it's usually like yeah. healing and all of these things. Do you think that like your near death experience you know, was like, do you think you would have done this if that hadn't have happened? Or do you think that was, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's because of that. It Mm -hmm. it just changed my whole life at a very young age, right? That accident. Yeah. So, and you know, that's probably what's happening for you too. For sure. Yeah. 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 I'd probably still be stuck in nursing, like not super happy. Like I did like my job, but like I knew I wasn't going to do it forever. Um, But nurse, yeah. 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 I know there's so many, yeah, I just, I don't know. I do but, you feel know, like I've been totally redirected into this like energy work, spirituality, alternative healing path. And yeah, I mean, that's like not the only thing that's helped me, but it's helped me the most over the last year or two from yeah. things that weren't helping me otherwise. So, And really your nursing background will be such a, gem in your pocket for Mm -hmm. your life no matter which way you go um because it's very good information you learned a lot of good stuff there you know 
mm-hmm. whether it's what you do or not, it's okay. Definitely. There's so many tools in that you'll learn along the way that certain times you're attracted to one thing and other times another one. Yeah. It's good yeah. to change it up and keep learning new things. Like I'm someone yeah. who gets bored anyways, being stuck. I could never do the same job for like 40 years. Um, so yeah. I think it's good. Like it's forced me to kind of get out of my comfort zone in my box and try new things, even just in my own healing, but like even just, you know, doing an astrology course and just things like that to just kind of explore all these other options that are out there. Right. Cause we're learning through just doing this podcast how many different like healing modalities and all these other things that people do it's like it's crazy how much is actually out there that no one knows about yeah and this podcast alone you guys are going to learn so much yeah yeah probably already have wait yeah we have I was just thinking that when I was I was driving home from work today and I'm like oh I'm so excited to talk to Kendra and I was thinking about (laughs) all of the different people we've already talked to and some of the people we have scheduled and it's just it's so much fun to learn yeah. and talk to people and to talk to people about stuff they're passionate about like yeah amazing those are my favorite yeah. conversations so um awesome sometimes we'll go like two weeks or or a week or however long without an interview because we'll kind of pre-schedule them and plan around our lives or yeah. their lives, whatever and then when it's been like for like today it's been a couple weeks since we had an interview and I'm like I kind of miss it like this I need to talk to someone like it's just it's so fun and exciting and learning all these different things we have like two more interviews lined up this weekend and it's just it's just really fun and really cool nice that's great yeah thank you so much Kendra for joining us it was so nice to I guess, talk to you more on just a personal level rather than in a treatment room and learn a little bit about your background and just have a nice chat with you. So thank you. Yeah, nice to chat with you guys too. (laughs) Yeah, we appreciate you coming and spending your time with us this afternoon. Thanks for listening. To support us, please rate, review, subscribe, and share. And we'll see you next week for our next episode of the Soul Connection Duo podcast.